0: The Wake Up Call is a daily encouragement to shake off the slumber of our busy lives and turn our eyes toward Jesus. Each morning, our community gathers around a scripture, a reflection, prayer, and a few short questions, inviting us to reorient our lives around the love of Jesus, who transforms our hearts, homes, churches, and cities. Now, here's J.D. Walt with today's entry. Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. It's Tuesday, November the 15th, 2022. And we're already hearing from Lucy this morning. Today's entry is called The Movement from Attachment to Affection. Our scripture comes from Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18. Here, The word of the Lord. How amazing are your thoughts concerning me, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. The word of the Lord. Consider this. I mentioned earlier in the series of serving as the groundskeeper for the residence of the president of Asbury Seminary when I was a student back in the late 1900s. Rose Hill, formerly known as the Zoniger Tree Farm, was a 40-something acre tract that had been given to the seminary some years before, but never occupied. Maxie and Jerry Dunham were the first to live there in many years. A large antebellum mansion dating back to 1799 sat at the center of the then overgrown expanse of gardens and grounds. I remember my first walk around the property. There were trees of many varieties, intricate patterns of hedges and symmetrically placed flowerbeds surrounding elliptically shaped green spaces to the front and sides of the manor. Two things stood out to me. Once upon a time, this land had been a magnificent showplace, something of a Biltmore mansion and estate on a smaller scale. Long, long ago, this place had been intricately created and cared for, indeed fearfully and wonderfully made. Second, the exquisite design of the original architect and creator was unrecognizable in the now decimated state of the farm. Okay, no, a third thing also stood out. No, it actually cried out to me. It would be my job to reclaim and restore this land. I will never forget a particular day on which I made an astonishing discovery. I was in the midst of another massive weed-eater marathon when my eye caught a deer way in the distance. As I lowered the weed-eater, it slipped and fell to the ground. I noticed it landed with a different kind of thud. I went to my knees and began to pull back the tangly grass. There was a brick buried beneath the sod. I continued peeling back the grass, and there was another brick, and then another. There was an entire inlaid brick patio completely hidden underneath the turf. It gets better. From the patio began to emerge the form of a serpentine path, intricately bordered By these inlaid bricks, stretching in a meandering way through the pine forest on the corner of the property. It was incredible. Imagine our delight as we began to explore the farm with new eyes, wondering what else we would discover, uncover, and begin to reclaim and restore. This would take years. But what a grand and glorious work it would be. This, of course, has become akin to a parable from me, which I believe has returned to my memory just now for the light it sheds on the demonstration plot of our inmost being. This is a farming operation at the level of soul, a garden spot created by God lost in the fall, now rediscovered, reclaimed, and under restoration. I hated that place for all it had become and the awful toil it required of me. I loved that place for all it had once been and for the possibility of what it could become again. Such it is with our relationship with ourselves. We don't love the broken, overgrown, sinful, self-centered people we have become. We must love the person God created and still intentions us to be. This is the dilemma of the garden that is our inmost being. I always get significant pushback when it comes to loving oneself. This is not the self-love of an amateur narcissist. This is what it looks like to love the God-crafted inmost being. This is what it looks like when a person loves God at the core of their being and thereby learns to appropriately love themselves. It is to simultaneously delight in the image maker and the image bearer. It is to love both the gardener and the garden. Look how the farmer psalmist handles the dilemma. For you created my inmost being, says the psalmist. And again, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Then he breaks into worship. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And he's just getting started. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. The psalmist is coming to grips with the deep glory of his truest and deepest and most God-intentioned self. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. He just can't stop. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book, before one of them came to be. And finally this, How amazing are your thoughts concerning me? How vast is the sum of them? Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. This, my soul-farming friends, is the beginning of affection. It is the surprising shift from God loves me because he has to love me to God likes me, the real me he created me to be. And if God likes the real me, maybe I can come to like the real me. Two. Now, where did that weed eater go? Wake up, sleeper. Your brokenness runs deep, but the truth of who you most truly are runs far deeper. And there is a lot to love there and even more to like. There is glory in the farm of you. And Jesus wants to expose it all. The prayer. Father, farmer God, how amazing are your thoughts concerning me? How vast is the sum of them? Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. I am in awe of this and of you. That you could love me this much, that you could be this aware of me, and this attentive to me, and this attuned to me, and this attached to me. And after all of this, that you could have such affection for me. It fills me with awe. Because I know this is how you relate to everyone else in this whole world. This is truly awe-inspiring. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Too lofty for me to attain. So for now, I simply stand in awe. Praying in Jesus' name. Amen. The question, do you sense the affection of God for you? Do you believe God likes you, or is his love a kind of divine, gracious tolerance? Do you like yourself? And for our hymn today, Well, before that, I'll tell you, we've got one note today in the notes for further reflection, and you can see that in the email. Before our hymn today, we're going to sing the gospel standard, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. It's hymn number 116 in our newly released Seedbed Hymnal, and I'm hearing stories of lots of you all getting that one, and we appreciate it greatly. We've got tens of thousands of them in our warehouse. Seeds, okay? These seeds don't sow themselves, friends, so order your copy today. And when all is said and done, and all of our books are sitting in library shelves and in landfills and at goodwill, this hymnal will be the enduring work of our publishing enterprise. Love for you to have one. And the link to the hymnal is in our email today as well. You can get it at seabed.com. All right. Are you ready to sing? What a friend we have in Jesus, number 116. And we're going to sing all three verses. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations, Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged, Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful, Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Last verse. Are we weak and heavy laden? Cumbered with a load of care. Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou will find a solace there. That song, that song was written in 1855 by Joseph M. Scriven. Well, that's a wrap for today. It is a good day to sow for a great awakening. So sow like a champion today. Hey, for The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend, leave us a rating, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.